My dissertation interrogates coming into being of the writer alongside the development of cultural subjectivity in The Fifth Figure by Jean Bentabriz, a contemporary Jamaican dub poet, novelist, playwright, and theater practitioner. I first came across her work in an undergraduate course on music and literature and was struck by her genre switching and mixing across modalities of expression and communication. A diagnosed schizophrenic, Breeze continues to perform across the UK and the Caribbean. Currently, she's set to perform in London in October 2015. And there she is. As a figure in scholarship, nothing has been published on the fifth figure as of yet, while minimal attention has been given to Breeze's work as a dead poet. Emerging during the militant Rastafarian protest poetry era of 1960s and 70s Jamaica and Britain, Breeze is the first recognized female dub poet in a medium which subscribes to a highly masculine and at times misogynistic aesthetic. Carolyn Cooper defines dub as the nonverbal elements of production and performance, melody, rhythm, the body and dance, and the dance floor itself as a spectacle and display, whilst dub poetry itself is performed over reggae rhythms. Through six books of poetry published in the 1980s, 90s, and early 2000s, Breeze explored the form, ultimately articulating a desire to work outside of its constraints. In her essay, Can a Dub Poet Be a Woman?, Breeze speaks the break, stating, quote, a time of self-searching allowed my pen its freedom when I realized that my politics had never been learned through the study or acceptance of any ideology. This essay arrived 16 years before the fifth figure, published in 2006. Breeze's first and only novel thus far, yet her resolve is evidenced in the aesthetic she crafts therein. As Denise Narain writes, quote, that Breeze should continue to personalize the political and politicize and sexualize the personal is testimony to her refusal to be dubbed out by dub. Critiqued by American publishers for writing too much on the personal and too much on love, Breeze expresses this refusal through exhibiting textual solidarity with Bell Hooks's claim Anytime we do the work of ending domination, we are doing the work of love. In her article, Beyond Resistance Towards a New Caribbean Cultural Studies, Shalini Puri heralds Breeze, saying, it is this quest for female voice and for words moving in their music that has made Breeze explore not only the steady, unrelenting beat we commonly recognize as hallmarks of dub poetry, but also the formal resources offered by female backup vocalists in Bob Marley's reggae. It is these voices that give form to Breeze's exploration of the political possibilities of dance or love. The fifth figure synthesizes just such a process and project. I want to assert and prioritize Breeze's new poetics as exercised through a shift in readings of the Rastafarian eye and intertextual image, and through links to biomythography, oral literacy, and other yet unnamed future avenues for writing the self via genealogy and female subjectivity. The ever-available space of resistance spoken by bell hooks as existing always already within the self is instantaneously created, enacted, and legitimated by Breeze's project. Through a matrix of feminist, cultural, and subjectivity theory, my dissertation aims to demonstrate not only the deeply political nature of the dance or love which Breeze speaks through text, but further, the manner by which the subjectivity she reveals itself demands and mobilizes the new Caribbean cultural theory in both content and form that Puri so effusively calls for in the 21st century. So, the fifth figure. The short novel takes place in five chapters or figures, each written from the perspective of a woman in Breeze's matrilineal ancestry. 
The narrative begins with the late 1800s migration of Emmeline, a white woman, from Britain to Hillside, a fictional rural Jamaican town. Emmeline begins a consensual relationship with Gobi, the rejected biracial son of former plantation owners. While having sex with Emmeline in the wild bush beyond the bounds of Hillside's cane fields, Gobi is murdered under the pretense of rape. Emmeline becomes pregnant, stating, quote, I am caught between black and white. So begins a patterning of miscegenation through which an intricate narrative connectivity is drawn between female bodies, race, and self-identification within family structures. The text moves from Emmeline to Susu, who claims, I am born of blood, I am born of bush, to Amanda, called out as almost white in school, to Sheba and her daughter who pass, and to Jean Breeze herself, Rastafarian activist and poet not yet black enough to speak at black power rallies, and yet claiming of Caribbean as racial and cultural qualifier. Through a diversified set of concepts, including creolization as creativity, Audre Lorde's biomythography, Marlene Norbizi Phillips' image, and Carolyn Cooper's oral literacy, I attempt to demonstrate the new aesthetics through which Breeze employs matrilineal historiography to write the self, previously restricted by hermeneutical injustice. I propose that Breeze's is a process of versioning through what I combine Puri and cultural theorist George Lipset's scholarship to term the new post-colonial, working as Breeze does from a historical moment and social movement of Rastafarianism and dub, both intertwined with and often expressed through a reggae sociopolitics. In brief, for today's purposes, as it emerged in 1930s Jamaica, Rastafarianism was a spiritual framework which championed black aesthetics outside of binary oppositions, whilst reggae and dub continue to be two popular music forms of this aesthetic. Versioning is a process therein of editing and recreation, of reinventing and subverting old songs into new constructs. To paraphrase ethnomusicologist and cultural critic Dick Hebdige, what I, as a scholar, am doing now is to version my own theory through that of others, namely Hooks, Stuart Hall, Camus Brathwaite, Paul Gilroy, Elizabeth Groves, and others. I invoke them in order to evoke my readings of the fifth figure, just as I propose that Breeze invokes referentiality to a matrix of feminist, post-colonial, and cultural theory to evoke a new rebel sound, a new political aestheticizing of personal experience. This is, among other things, a feminist project due to the movement in Caribbean cultural study and mainstream Caribbean feminist thought to prioritize collective readings of community over the body politic and experience as a site for knowledge production and communal engagement. As Yudin Barito writes, my aim is to prevent women's subjectivity from disappearing from the discourse, and this is an agenda that I share. Second to this is a response to utopian visions of, as Gilroy terms, a political culture beyond race, that fallacy of a post-racial politics in an age of discourse that underscores the socially constructed identity, a mode of careful thought essential to feminist projects aiming to render legible and legitimate particular female cultural subjectivities. In Jamaica, as testified by Breeze's text, a post-racial or post-subjectivity theorizing limits the progress of intellectual, artistic, and social movements, while in diverse Afro-musical stylings, most recently and prominently in the mainstream this year perhaps through the works of hip-hop artists Kanye West and Kendrick Lamar, the material realities of pigmentocracy and racism resonate with their own rebel sound. This is but a thin synthesis of the rich and historical ethos in which Breeze must be situated in order to enter critical discourse. Today, however, I want to very briefly focus on images, images of self and images through text. 
What does the process Breeze undertakes embody, and why should it matter to us? Marlene Norbizi Philip claims that genealogy through text is, quote, the ancestor coming alive in the stories, the loving lies, and the I midges. And I want to call your attention to this threesome more deeply, to stories, loving lies, and I midges. Where Carolyn Rohde says that Caribbean women writers, a collectivity that I problematize, seek a symbolic Caribbean mother of history, Breeze, via imagining a matrilineal historiography, seeks a self informed by and moving through history. Thus, where Sandra Packwick claims that the self is never more visible than when it represents self, Breeze demonstrates that self is never more visible than when it can articulate self. Early writing is categorized as Caribbean women's literature prescribed to a singular image, the exotic maternal black woman, a collective projection that does not provide for the inclusion of Breeze. The complexities of her lineage and self-identification cannot be expressed in stereotypical renderings of desired blackness. For the historiography presented in the fifth figure vacillates between binary viewings of race, moving through complex recognitions and interpolations, culminating in the birth of Breeze's own child in the final figure, quote, beautiful black completing my rainbow of children. Philip claims that the people among whom and for whom the artist creates must be prefigured by the creation of a space within which to speak the self before enabling collective eye images. Within this interplay of image and word comes a growing familiarity with being and how it relates to the outer world, thereby re-emphasizing the need to situate image within genealogy. In this sense, the fifth figure embodies this interplay, which results in text as the store of metaphor, myth, and fable enlarged. Such a store is appropriate not only in reference to women's writing, but to the negotiations of Caribbean identity explored through writings of creolization and diaspora, in one facet of which Stuart Hall finds identity as always in process, never complete, not a fixed essence or origin, but always constructed through memory, fantasy, narrative, and myth. The way in which Breeze employs genealogy and privileges the I is evidenced in what Philip denotes as the artist's capacity to create one's own image. Breeze's construction of image, this cultural subjectivity previously unspoken, by and for self, becomes therefore powerful, and therefore able to resonate through a community as collectively available image. For it is not simply the creation of the image, but the simultaneous naming of it that creates a site of control and creolization as creativity. Breeze allows the voices within to speak, hence naming the true, true name of her cultural subjectivity via what I call the myth poetics of a hermeneutical process that thereby lends itself to more voices of same and dissimilar kinds. It is worth noting the intervention such an imaging performs within dominant scholarship for Hooks criticizes the focus on good and bad images within the radical conceptualizing of cultural identities. However, I argue that as Philip testifies, the ability to modify, generate, and critique just such binary images towards those not on a geminate scale is vital to the process of legitimating and circulating women's experiences through written means, the woman's art through different carriers of meaning. Through this process of eye-mudging, Breeze draws implicit connectivity between her political project of self and the Rastafarian eye, a Rasta concept which emphasizes collectivity by requiring individuals to say I and I versus I and X, or simply I. By writing image of self through text, Breeze transmogrifies this I into what I call a Jamaican female I that is not restricted from participation <coughs> and representation within the ethos of Jamaican narrative and cartographies. 
Similarly, she transforms the masculine mother island of male dead poets into the female I land. As Philip writes, the yoke simultaneously a mantle of love for place, for land, I land. These interconnectivities appear in an early poem by Breeze titled I Lands, wherein she proclaims, I am scrawled across a page struggling to get up a word, a testament, a truth. Here, writing is the process through which I land, wrought through mantles of love, can be found. I propose that one moment of truth rests in the fifth figure. By situating self as image and insisting upon the legitimacy of that I, Breeze mobilizes the personal within the collective, the necessity of the individual narrative, in this moment that of the biracial Jamaican woman, within the rubrics of wider cultural debate. Where Rastafarian I prioritizes a militant masculine collective aesthetic, Breeze writes a new poetics of self, love, and the politics of a quiet creole into existence. I want to close with another Bell Hooks quote, which embodies one way in which this work holds vital meaning in the interchange and discourse of material reality through written, sonic, and visual arts. Utopian, perhaps, but necessarily so that it may be actualized through advocacies of action within and without of text. Changing how we see images is clearly one way to change the world. Thank you.